Welcome to Winging It, a Crystal Palace podcast. A new Crystal Palace podcast, but with some familiar voices. I am Terence, and I am joined by, on my left, Sam Heskiff. Not in person on your left, I would say. But on the left of my screen, yes. And on the right of my screen, taking in a gulp of beer, uh, is Albert Curley. All right, don't have to give it all away. Jeez. <laughs> Behind the curtain. Um, we are recording episode zero here of Winging It, to Crystal Palace podcast. Um, just to introduce yourself to us, to the podcast, um, we'll launch in a couple of weeks with episode one. Uh, more on that later. I'm about to take a lovely gulp from a tiny Rebel electric boogaloo. That's a beer, just for anyone unfamiliar with the format. <laughs> it, it's also in a can that looks like, you know those cans of pop you get that cost like 10p from a corner shop? Mm. That's it. So it, I feel like it should be 100% sugar cherry aid or something, cream soda. I was going to say friends of the pod, but technically, mm. <laughs> no. Um, it's a passion fruit. Lil N E I P A. It's four point five. Taking it easy for the first episode. Yeah, but I feel like this is episode zero, and we're trying to sort of reel people in. And within <laughs> forty-five seconds, you're talking about drinking a fucking passion fruit, piece of pop beer, <laughs> and that might be the death of our launch. Mm. Finished us off. Mm. Right. So we've got loads to get to in episode one. This is going to be an intro, so we're just going to give you a bit of a flavour of who we are as Crystal Palace fans. And beer drinkers. And beer drinkers. And um, Crystal Palace fans who like to talk about anything that isn't isn't Crystal Palace, really. No, we kid. Um, So a few questions just to give you a bit of a flavour. So I'm going to start with you, Albert, considering where you now live. Um, If you ever listen to our old podcast, you know that Albert lives in Watford. I thought this was going to be a clean slate. <laughs> <laughs> it is a clean slate, I promise. Uh, why are you a Palace fan? I fucking can't remember. Um, <laughs> certainly can't remember why I agreed to do this. Uh, why am I a Palace fan? It's 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 the shortest of all the answers possible. I wasn't I wasn't given a choice. It was my granddad was a Palace fan. My dad's a Palace fan. My older brother's a Palace fan. Uh, so yeah brainwashed, indoctrinated, whatever you want to call it, at a very early age of about five. In fact, the first thing I remember sort of being exposed to was watching the uh, FA Cup semi-final, the old famous 4-3. So, yeah, no choice. But, you know, don't regret it. Don't hold any resentment towards anyone for setting me on this path at all. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of – that was my – my fate. And it's because you are from South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for all my family, uh, all my dad's side of family, we're all sort of Streatham-based around there, Streatham-Brixton. My nan's still there, repping it hard. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I sort of grew up initially around there. Then I sort of went to school more sort of towards Kingston Way, but very quickly moved back to bounced around Tulse Hill, Brixton, Streatham, all that sort of stuff. Before, yeah, all right, moving to fucking Watford, okay, <laughs> for, to have a baby with my wife who is from these here parts. We won't even mention that she's a fucking United fan. <laughs> oh, 
Good old Joe. We'll get to know more of her as the podcasts go on, undoubtedly. Um, Heskiff, what about you? Why why the joys of the red and blue? Yeah, a little bit similar to Albert's. Um, my dad actually hated football, but his dad had been going to Palace since, I don't know when, the 30s, 40s maybe. Um, and so I remember sitting and watching sort of match of the day with him. And like Albert said, watched, well, I actually watched the cup final with him because um, he was he was getting on a bit then. And then one of my dad's mates who he worked with was a Palace fan and said he'd take me um, to games with him. So I started going for him in 1990. Uh, yeah, and I've been going ever since, really. And in fact, the guy who took me, my dad's mate, Dave, shout out Dave, looks just like Karl Marx. Um, <laughs> he, uh, until last season, uh, he was still standing with us in the Homesdale. Um, I think he wants a, a bit of an easier life now, so he's over in the over in the main stand to have a seat. Um, with, yeah, no leg room. with no legroom. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm it's coming, for, guys. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> in twenty, Sainsbury's have want to have a word. In twenty sixty one, just to tie in with our second centenary, <laughs> Centen- double centenary plus. Yeah, um, mm. but yeah, I'm from Streatham. And I've lived in Streatham my whole life. I live in Norbury now. So edging closer to Palace as I get older. Mm. Uh, do I resent it? Probably. <laughs> particularly <laughs> particularly in the last couple of days. We're, yeah. record, we're recording on the 26th of July, 2023. Why? What's happening? Well, we'll talk more about Wilfred Zaha signing for Galatasaray in episode one. And <sighs> undoubtedly speak about all the links of Michael Elise being flirted at by Pochettino. Mate, it might be done and dusted by then. (laughs) I mean, it is a long time between now and our first episode, so we'll see. A little bit more of a diluted story for me as a Palace fan, Um, as we find out from my first game, which I didn't get going to 1994, but the three of us are all pretty similar ages. Um, Brought up in East London, and um, while we were in East London, I was with a very much Spursy and Arsenal-y family, um, all pulling at me to try and support one or the other. And I just never supported a team, loved football, never supported a team. Um, and then after a few years of not seeing my Crystal Palace supporting old man, I um, he came along and started taking me to games, basically. That was it, first game to- took us and uh that was an away game it was, wasn't into the second game which he took me to which was at Sellers. and it's sounds cheesy and corny and all that but um moment i walked out onto the homestyle and it was the new homestyle by then i don't know just something something felt right just clicked and that was that was it <laughs> i was like i feel like i belong here weirdly so that was it yeah, itching so, to get so that li- but a little bit sort of like you say not not from the area necessarily so it must have been something in the air that day yeah well my dad's from Thornton Heath um mum's from Hackney so that was why I was brought up north of the river um and then yeah just I was one of those people was like I'll never I'll never go south of the river never go down there you mad then I started going Palace games I was all right well you know, I only go south for Palace games. Yeah, and now and tell that, everybody where you live. <laughs> SC25. Yeah. <laughs> Over, <laughs> overlooking the stadium from up the hill. Yeah. There you go. So, 
Yes. Um, so it's the Bethnal Green boy and two Streatham lads. Well, however, I'm going to cope. So what was your first live match then? I'll, I'll, I'll start with mine. I'll go. So it was 94, Arsenal away when we won 2-1, which again shows, you know, that me missing Ian Wright completely because that was his 50th goal for Arsenal in that game. Uh, but obviously Palace winning 2-1 on that day. Um, it's a good so, game to go to, isn't it? Yeah, and then if we go back in time, I think Albert's was before was after yours, Heskiff. So Albert, yours was. <laughs> we were trying oh, to yeah. work it out. <laughs> yeah, we're sort of, you know, like, um, who do you think you are on BBC? <laughs> I feel like I need to go on an episode of that just to work out what my first game was because it's a bit vague. I know it was the 1991 season. I know that we uh, only won one nil. Um, you know, I'll fucking bite your hands off for that now. But because <laughs> I was only I was only like five, I remember sort of. I don't know if I missed the goal, but I remember at the end sort of being a bit head scratchy and saying to my dad, "Like, oh, did we win that?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "Yeah, but, but we only scored one." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah," but the other team didn't score any, which is probably why he left me early on. To be honest, you know that's. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he dropped me. He, he dropped me back home at Mum's fairly quick after that, um, and and knowing that it was one nil and it was a home victory, and I know it wasn't against like a big team or anything like that. I've I've narrowed it down to either Sheffield United at home or Luton Town at home. Um, so it's one of those two, and I remember not long after that, maybe the next season, I remember being at Sellers again with my dad and my brother. He would take he would take us, and my dad. And me asking who we were playing, and ironically, my dad saying Watford, <laughs> and leave it. And then me, me being young and naive, and again not massively into football, f- hearing Watford, but actually hearing Wolford as in EastEnders, <laughs> and me saying something like, "What team from EastEnders?" And again, getting, getting a very sort of fucking hell like look from my dad. Um. So, yeah, here we are. At least if you start off early age as a disappointment, you know, it's a low bar to grow from, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I was, I was six. You know, that, my, my, my youngest is four. And if he said something that stupid, you know, it might just be a click around the ear. So, you know, and I'd, move on, and I'd, and I'd move, on, move on from it very quickly. It was, it was the early 90s, mate. Gentle parenting didn't exist as a, <laughs> as a concept. No, then. But, no, what but single been... parenting did. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. What well, uh Phil Mitchell, Grant Mitchell would have been a very nineties midfield pairing, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With Peggy Mitchell up top. Um <laughs> and Heskiff. Was, Al- Al- we'll, Albert's desperately gonna make a joke there, but we'll <laughs> no. we won't let him. No. Um my my first game was December nineteen ninety. I would beat Liverpool 1-0. Mark Bright scored. And, you know, Liverpool were obviously brilliant back then. And it just, to, to, to if, if you're new to the pod, just to give you an idea of the tone that you're going to hear from me for the rest of time, probably the worst thing that could happen was my first game being Palace beating the all-conquering Liverpool team. Because then I was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. This is the t- This is the team. We're really good. We've just beaten the best team. And I was, how old was I? Eight. Team. I was an idiot. I was an idiot (laughs) because it's been miserable ever since. 
Oh, um, come on. There's been some... There's been some... There's been spr- some sprinkling right of some all right sprinkling. moments. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was great. I remember being really, really excited beforehand and even more excited after. Because it was just like... Yeah, like you say, when you come when you come into the ground, especially when you're a kid and you've not been there before, you don't know what to expect. It's, it feels massive. Mm. And for Palace to then go and beat like the best team in the country... And then fast forward 33 years and you're saying there's no leg room. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. So go on, after 33 years of going Palace, who's your, who's your favourite ever Palace player? Well, it, great timing. It's Wilf. It's Wilf. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I crack up and start crying, you'll know why. Um, let's just cut. Let's just cut. Should we just take a five minute break there? Come back and do yeah. the rest after? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't um, keep your powder dryer. We'll talk about. We'll do an extended talk on Wilf in let's episode say, one. Other than other than Wilf, my favourite player of all time is Clinton Morrison. Yeah, young like, yeah. academy player, striker, local lads. Scored a hundred goals. Yeah, scored a hundred. Kate left and come back. I'm sensing. I'm sensing a little familiarity here. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was. He he was great. Absolutely love him. And I got you know I got to meet him at a beer festival a few years ago. Very sheepishly asked for a photo as a almost 40 year old man as i was at the time it's nicest guy ever so i guess you can meet your hero sometimes yes indeed and didn't he do a birthday message for you once he did do a birthday message for me oh i thought that i thought that was a segue on to me (laughs) we'll we'll dig out we'll dig out that from the archives and um it's all it is it is fun on your birthday to get mugged off by your favorite player yeah (laughs) Yeah. for quite a good price i have to have to be said (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad I was worth the effort. Who's your favourite player, Albert? Well, funnily enough, it's Clinton Morrison. Um, it was a, it's a, it's a big. It was a very, very. I could, I could toss a coin, and it's, it's Clinton Morrison or it's, uh, it's Dougie Freeman because that was kind of my. That was definitely my most. Uh, is densest the right word? That was definitely my densest period of going consistently. Mm-hmm. And just being enamoured, I was only talking about this the other. Who was I talking about this to a mate the other day? The whole the the Clinton and Dougie partnership, particularly obviously in the short lived Steve Bruce era. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was it was a, a heady brew of two two absolute legend players. Um, that Churchill shirt as well. That yep. first that Steve Bruce era Churchill shirt. And just playing really good football, um, and then obviously you know Freeman and Morrison, both after that, in their own ways, cementing like absolute, unquestionable, legendary status. Um, and you know, you know, fast forward, whatever ten, twelve years, you know, the the Freeman story getting ever, ever, ever better with him, you know, being our manager and being a fucking good manager. And then obviously we all know what happened there, and but him coming back to the club, yeah, just just either of those two will, you know, you ask, ask me tomorrow, it'll be the other one. Ask me the next day, it'll be the the other one as well. They're just two two absolute legends, and um, yeah, I think Clinton probably, on average, edges it ever so slightly, just for that <clears> smile. Yeah, I mean, mine's mine's a toss up between those three, all for the reasons you said, but then with an honourable mention to Attilio Lombardo. The only reason why he's not is just simply because he just wasn't there very long. But you know, just as my on my, on my fifteenth birthday was Everton away when he made his debut, and 
you know, I'd been watching in the previous seasons what I thought were good players as we battled for promotion. And then all of a sudden, it was the first time live I was just watching just someone completely different gravy. It was just ridiculous. The ball stuck to him. He'd just dribble around players like they weren't there. He could finish. like Everything about him was just special. So I think he just always stands out as just being the first truly world-class player I ever saw play for Palace in that sense. Um, yeah, good shout. Yes, indeed. And then <laughs> we, we were struggling with this. And I feel like there's a, f- a future feature in this somewhere. But worst Palace player... <laughs> <laughs> we were pointing up lists. Um, shout we out to- yeah, we weren't struggling. We weren't, <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't say we were struggling. Yeah, exactly. We were struggling it's, to narrow it down. Yeah, it's a, it's a perverse case of being sport for choice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Cookie the Eagle on one forum who said, in 2007, Julian Speroni and Scott Flinders for throwing goals in week in, week out. That's, that's, that aged well. Broken clock and all that. <laughs> um, but Albert, who did you land on in the end? Well, I had I had two. And to give a bit of context, I'm not necessarily saying they were the worst players technically, but just everything around them and maybe a bit of expectation, or well, that might not apply to what the most obvious one. Uh, so considering I've just sat here on Max Lyrical about the partnership between Dougie Freeman and Clinton Morrison, who might, Who's one of who's one of my players going to be? Who uh, who came in and provided a very wonky third wheel uh, to that <laughs> trifecta uh, for a, a steep amount of money? Um, Adiak and Bai, obviously, um, and probably a good time to just say, just give a nod to say R.I.P. to Trevor Francis as well. Uh, obviously, saw something in Akin Bai that he wanted to bring in because Morrison and Freeman weren't good enough. Uh, so, so yeah. Again, the, it might not be the worst player, but the context, the fee, the sort of the weird sort of wedge it put between what is a fucking unbelievable strike partnership up front. He's definitely up there. And the other one, the other one, uh, I'd say again because when he played against us, particularly in 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 two particular games, you know, he was fucking unbeatable, and then. You know, heaven forbid we sign him, and then he goes on to be fucking dog shit. It was Nick Carl, all all yeah. all sold. Just what a fucking letdown that was. Yeah. Um, like I say, the player that played against us was not the player that we signed. Um, so they're they're my two. Yeah, well, um, we'll let's touch on Trevor Francis more in episode one. Uh, we'll do a little feature on that because undoubtedly not a very good tenure all in all, but sprinkled with some incredible results and moments. Um, so we'll, we'll in honor of Trevor, we'll give him a little thing next week. Um, crazy day with him and Chris Bart Williams going both passing away on the same day. Mark Bright must've been shitting himself, but, um, (laughs) apparently bad things don't always come in threes. Um, but yeah, and Nicky Carl, but he did, did come out and give it large at Sheffield Wednesday. He was one of the ones who did not back down. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'll give him that. Give it, him it, that. It, it immortalized in a in a Palace minute on YouTube. If you go back and look at the Sheffield yeah. Wednesday one when he comes out think, on the kangaroo, 
Cab- <laughs> rescues um clint uh clint hill i mean cab and andrew was there that day as well but i don't know anybody fucking sticking up for him <laughs> we stuck it certainly up not the shepherd went the goalkeeper yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh sam who did you land on um yeah well my, my first instinct i think it's probably recency bias but my first instinct was jordan much just because, I mean, in today's terms, honourable mention, million or whatever. So high up my list, that's for sure. Yeah, dishonourable mention. Isn't it? I'm not sure. <laughs> like five and a half million is not that much money, but also, it's five point five million too much for him. Like he's, <laughs> he scored one goal, I think, in pre-season in South Africa. No, 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 no. He, was it? No. He, he definitely scored in Ireland. Maybe he scored. He scored against. Oh, I take it all back. <laughs> Um, uh, but, but when when hit like his most positive thing is debating which one team he scored against in preseason, um, amongst well, I don't even know, not very many games where he was just absolutely anonymous the entire time. Because right. it's sort of show of his worth. Um, but I, one player I do remember that's not recent, who was massively shit, was Leif Anderson. Mm. He played in the late mid to late nineties, mid nineties. He was just shit. Like he just didn't. He was a competition winner. Like he he did not know how to play football. Um, I'm sure he was a nice bloke, but he he was shit at football. So he's I, I think he's my choice. Remember every time he went up for a, every time Palace had a corner, he'd go up and the whole of sellers would be relief. Because he was just so big, never got on the end of anything. Um, I've got fact checks myself as well, by the way. It wasn't in Ireland that much scored. I'm thinking of someone else. Um, and I can't even remember his name. The guy who then went on later to be sold for a million pounds by someone scored an absolute stonking volley. Um, we'll come back to it in episode one when I remember it was. And it was at Waterford. That's who we were playing oh, in. Ireland. Andy Dorman. No, no, Dorman was all right. <laughs> No, he wasn't. He was terrible. Um, I was um, uh, Jordan Mush is high up my list. Um, Patrick Bamford's pretty high up my list. Um, particularly again, like the reverse of Nick Kyle, just went and afterwards, pretty much every time he played Leeds, he scored against us. Although he did, did score in some pretty heavy defeats. <laughs> um, um, shout out, shout out, boy! In, in the background, shout out, my dog. Sorry, I'm sorry you can hear that. Um, are you talking about Osman Sal? Osman Sal is the one. Well go. remembered. He scored. The ball came out from a corner, I think it was, and he chested it down on the edge of the penalty area and volleyed it into the top corner. And we were like, oh, this is some player. And then wasn't, and then was when he weren't with us. Mm. But I think my ultimate is Gareth Taylor at the time. Spent some good money on him. Um, lots of people suggesting that we bought the wrong striker from Bristol Rovers. We we was meant to be going to buy someone else, but um, yeah, just awful, awful, awful player. And, and in my very formative years as a Palace fan, so I remember it well. Um, I think that's enough. I think we can end it there. It's just an intro, so that's a bit of a flavour of who we are as Palace fans. Um, we sorry, about be- sorry, Skiff. <laughs> We will be ably produced by producer Samantha, who's in the who's in the background now hiding. Um, you will hear her voice from time to time, like the voice of God from Dogma. Just um, every now and then, we'll just infect your ears. 
coming up. Albert, Albert if you do, if you do hear a voice of God saying you're a cunt, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And there you go. There's Samantha's first beep of the wing in it, a Crystal Palace podcast. We will be recording our next podcast on Tuesday, the 8th of August, um, prior to the Sheffield United opener. And coming up in episode one of Winging It will be an extended feature on Wilfred Zaha, talking about his time at Crystal Palace. Um, A mini feature on Trevor Francis, as already mentioned. And we're going to try and get someone on board as well to let us know how Sheffield United have done in pre-season and how they think their season is going to go to give you a flavour of that. So, thank you for tuning in. Um, If you're an old-time listener of our old podcast, thank you. If you are a new listener, welcome. We're going to aim and <laughs> we're going to aim over the next season to bring you some new, refreshing, and unique Crystal Palace content. Is our aim. So, if you're thinking like that old bird on the news, wow, what another one in relation to Crystal Palace podcasts. <laughs> Hopefully, we can give you something a little bit different. So. From me, Heskiff and Albert and Samantha, thank you very much for joining and listening. And until next time, up the palace.